0: one church podcast we hope you enjoy this message and for more information please visit us on the web at onechurch.net good morning church i hope you are sensing the presence of god wherever you're at as you're entering into worship today And I'm so glad that God's presence isn't limited just to one place, but even as we're in this uh, moment we're in, that God is moving. And so I hope that even as we're worshiping, I know it may look different than uh, what we've been used to, what we used to do, uh, but I hope that you're sensing the presence of God, leaning into the presence of God this morning. And I want to take just a moment to say a special welcome to all of our guests this morning. Uh, If you are joining us online, whether you're in the Orlando area or somewhere in the uh, outer reach of the World Wide Web, we are so glad that you are here with us uh, today. Uh, Welcome. We are not just a streaming service. We are a community that is passionate to live the Jesus life together. We're all about Jesus here at One Church. We just love Jesus. uh, so maybe you're joining us, and you say, "Well, I, I'm not really into Jesus." Well, I would just invite you to hang around here long enough. Uh, I think you you may uh, begin to see him in a different light than you have in the past. Uh, also, I just want to welcome all of our church family. Uh, spread out through house church or maybe in your home with uh, your family, your roommates. Uh, I'm so glad again that even though we're disconnected physically, that we can join together in the spirit. Uh, to be the church in this season. And I want to say a special welcome to everybody in house church this morning. Even while I'm looking at the camera, I'm seeing your faces this morning. I can see the beautiful joy group gathering today. I see the, the group gathering and Matt and Sarah Hammer's house. I see the group with Nate and Steph. I see the group with Brad and Melissa, the babies all crawling around. Uh, I'm seeing all of the groups gathering together today. And I'm so glad that church is not canceled. Uh, we are still uh, living the Jesus life together. And uh, in fact, we have an opportunity this Friday night to get together to worship Jesus in person together with a special night of worship at East End Market. And uh, so I want to encourage you to join us. Go to ocparkdistrict.com slash events for all of the details, but we're going to be gathering together, worshiping together this Friday night. Hey, if you have your Bibles, why don't you grab them this morning and turn with me to the book of Acts, the book of Acts. Uh, I know that uh, church looks a little different. Maybe you're listening while you're on a run. Uh, Maybe you're in your car today and that's okay wherever you're at. Uh, You can be the church in that moment. But I also want to encourage you, uh, even if you're in a house church gathering, just to grab your Bible, whether that's digital or old school paper Bible, uh, to really be intentional in this season to receive the word of God. Uh, Gather your family if you're at home and sit down and let's focus in on the word of God. And I'm excited to speak to you today because we are starting a new series and uh, it's the new season. Today is the first Um, Sunday of fall. So we've got all the pumpkin spice feels today. Uh, But as we've entered into a new season, we're also entering into a new series today. And that new series is drum roll called The Movement. And uh, we are looking at the book of Acts. And I am so excited to start this series. And to be honest, uh, this series has been in my heart for well over a year. And uh, I'm so excited to begin that series today, really for a number of reasons. Number one is the book of Acts is just awesome. If you've never read the book of Acts, buckle your seatbelt, get ready. Maybe you've read the book of Acts and you've just skimmed through it. Buckle your seatbelt, get ready because it is action packed, thus the name acts. Uh, If it was a movie, the genre would be action. Uh, It is nonstop excitement, action-packed, uh, in the very beginning, you see the, the ascension of Jesus Christ, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the action doesn't stop throughout the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see people going out, preaching the gospel, traveling. We see uh, them being resisted by angry mobs, hitmen, oppressive governments. Uh, they are put in jail. We see jailbreaks, shipwrecks, snake bites. It is nonstop Action, And so I hope you will just plan to join us every single Sunday as we're in this series. Uh, but I'm also excited because the book of Acts gives us the clearest picture that we see in the scripture of what the church should be. And in this season that we're in, really now it's more than a season, uh, but this time that we find ourselves in, in history, if there's ever been a moment that we need to rediscover what is church, what is essential to church, what is maybe just things that we do because that's the trend or that's the tradition. If there's ever a moment that we need to go back to what is the church, this is the moment. And the book of Acts is the place where we see the picture of what church should be. Some people would say, well, you can't get doctrine from narrative scripture. And and, and I would say, actually, that's the very best place that we can. In fact, much of our doctrine comes from narratives. The doctrine of virgin birth is from a narrative, baptism. Jesus tells us, go and baptize people. Uh, The epistles talk about baptism, but it's the book of Acts that shows us what baptism is. And so, so much of what it means to be the church as followers of Jesus we will discover in the book of Acts. And and, and spoiler alert, from the beginning, I'm just gonna tell you right up front, it may be different than you think, but it's better than you've dreamed. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts chapter one. We're just gonna look at a few verses today. I wanna pray in just a moment. If you're taking notes today, you can title this message, Entering the Story entering the story. The reason we call it, I want to call it entering the story is because uh, the, the book of Acts is really a continuation of what God has been doing throughout all of redemptive history. But in particular, it is a continuation. It's part two of the gospel of Luke. And so it's not a new story. It's a continuation and there is no ending to the book of Acts. There's no conclusion. It kind of, uh, Luke, who is the author of Acts brings us to the end and we'll get to at some point in the future, but he has us uh, sitting on the edge of our seats. It's kind of waiting for the next season to come, uh, which we can probably relate to. You're waiting for the next season of your favorite show to come. And, And I believe that's because God is calling us to enter the story. And I don't know about you, but there's something in my heart when I read the Gospels, when I read the book of Acts, there's something in my heart that says, God, I want to live like that. I don't want to be just a Sunday Christian. I don't want to be somebody that just goes through religious routine. I want to live this kind of life. I want to live in this story. And so today I believe that God is inviting us as we begin the book of Acts, he's inviting us, he's calling us to enter the story, not just to read the story or know the story, but to enter the story. And so I want to ask you if you would, as we prepare to go to the word, if you would just join me in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your spirit is alive today, that you are living in us, And God, we pray that as we go to your word, wherever people are joining us from today, God, we pray that the same spirit that penned these words would cause them to come alive in our hearts today. God, I ask that you would anoint me to preach, to teach your word with clarity, with authority. I pray, God, that you would help every person, God, to lean in and to receive by faith what you are speaking to us today. Father, let us not just be hearers of your word, but let us be doers of it. Lord, not just hearing the story, but entering in today by the Holy Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, if you have your Bible, we're just gonna begin going through the book of Acts today as i said already we want to talk about entering the story and so acts chapter 1 verse 1 the book of acts starts like this the former account i made O theophilus of all that jesus began to do and to teach and i want to stop right there as we're thinking about entering into the story living the the story what are the things that we need to understand if we're going to enter into the story i believe Right here in verse one, there's an important truth that God wants us to understand in order to enter the story. And that is this, that the story is all about Jesus. Even at the beginning of Luke, or at the beginning of Acts, Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, I-, I want to remind you of the former account I made, which was the Gospel of Luke. And it recorded all that Jesus began to do and to teach As I said a moment ago, the book of Acts reveals to us in the most descriptive way imaginable what it means to be Jesus' people, the church. But I think it's important for us to recognize that you cannot have the church apart from Jesus. You cannot have the book of Acts apart from the Gospel of Luke, apart from all that Jesus began to do and to teach. In fact, uh, historically or originally, the gospel of Luke was, was sewn in in the very same scroll to the book of Acts. As our Bible was formed over the years, they took Luke and joined it with the other gospels. But originally, Luke was joined with Acts. Why? Because the story of the church is inextricably tied to the story of Jesus. And Luke here under the inspiration uh, of the Holy Spirit is starting the the story of Acts by reminding us of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. You see, the life of the church is only an extension of the life of Jesus. And I love this passage and this verse because if you understand what it means it helps to inform our perspective on what the church should be. You see the, ver- the, the word when it says all that Jesus began to do and to teach. The word began and the original language is arkomai. It's a present continuous word. In other words, it's not just something that happened in the past. Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying, I want to remind you of all that Jesus began and is continuing to do. You see, the church is all about Jesus. It's focused on Jesus. Oftentimes, when we think about the church, we can begin to focus on a thousand other things. What's the worship, what's the music like? Are they going to sing the song I like? What's the building like? And I'm not saying that those things don't matter, but the most important thing is, are we focused on Jesus? Are we looking at Jesus? This old song used to say, turn your eyes on Jesus and the things of the world grow strangely dim. You see, we're gonna find in the book of Acts some stories of ordinary people that God uses in extraordinary ways. But the problem with the church is that we can begin to get our eyes onto people rather than Jesus. And the more we look at people, the, the, the more um, difficult life becomes. But the more we begin to focus on Jesus, the more we can keep our eyes on Jesus, the more beautiful life becomes, the more beautiful the church becomes. You see, as Jesus said, where two or more are gathered there, He's in the midst, but the problem is not that He's there, the problem is there's two or more there. And where there's two or more, there's also problems, or there can be problems in the midst. And if you get your eyes just onto people, all you'll see is problems. But when you turn your eyes on Jesus, you begin to see the potential. And you see, the story of Acts is all about Jesus. We could say it this way it is his story, it's history. History is his story. There has been no uh, more history-defining event than the story of Jesus, the life and teaching of Jesus. And although it involves ordinary people, the book of Acts is all about Jesus. In fact, even the title that uh, has been given that was added later, I believe is a bit of a misnomer. Your Bible, is my Bible, likely titles this book, the Acts of the Apostles. And uh, in fact, that's a bit of a misnomer because there's really only two apostles that we will see highlighted in this story. It's actually not the Acts of the Apostles. The the book is filled with ordinary men and women, but here Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saying, I want to remind you of the things that Jesus began and is continuing to do. And so perhaps a more accurate title for the book of Acts would be the Acts of Jesus in Ordinary Men and Women. And you see, when you focus on Jesus, you enter into his story. You become a history maker, pun intended. You become a history maker. Even in verse one, we find this tremendous reality exposed. You see, Luke draws our attention to Theophilus says, the former account I made, oh, Theophilus. We read over that and we think, well, who is Theophilus? I don't even know. So I'll just keep reading. But Theophilus is tremendously important in the story of Luke and in Acts. Uh, Theophilus in Luke is referred to as most excellent Theophilus. Historians tell us that that was a title that was given to nobility and to people who were significant in society. History tells us that at the time that Luke was writing, there was a wealthy landowner in Antioch who was named Theophilus. And so it is likely, although we don't know for certain, it is likely that Theophilus of Antioch, the wealthy landowner who owned a beautiful basilica, a beautiful assembly hall in Antioch, became the sponsor of Luke to write the book of Acts. The reason that's important is because uh, Theophilus, although he no doubt accomplished great things in his life, the greatest significance of his life was not living for his own fame, his own comfort, to tell his own story. It was to live to tell the story of Jesus, to live to be a history maker And when we live our lives, not just for our own story, not just for our own American dream, but we live our lives, we attach our lives to the story of Jesus, we become history makers. The story of Acts is the acts of Jesus through ordinary people that choose to attach their lives to the story of Jesus and become history makers. I want you to see today that number one, the story of Acts that we are entering into is all about Jesus. The second thing that I want you to see as we continue just reading into verse two, says this, until the day in which he, Jesus, was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, notice that, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Luke is recording here in the opening of Acts that after Jesus was raised from the dead, he spent time teaching and instructing his disciples who would become the apostles. But I want you to notice that it doesn't just say he was teaching them or giving them commandments. It says that he, through the Holy Spirit, gave them commandments Uh, You see, that's hugely significant. Luke is wanting to draw our attention to this continuous reality that not only is the story all about Jesus, but the story is directed by the Holy Spirit. When you read the book of Luke, you can't help notice that everything Jesus did was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Luke is careful to bring out the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus in the book of Luke. And we see that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We see that Jesus was baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit as he was baptized in water. We see that uh, in the book of Luke, that as Jesus went into the wilderness, the Bible says that he was led by the Spirit. And then as he began his ministry, the first line of his sermon was this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke is wanting us to see that everything Jesus did was through the Holy Spirit. And and the reason that is good news is because as Jesus was preparing to leave, Luke is wanting us to see that although he is leaving and a new season is starting, it, it, it is still being directed by the Holy Spirit. In just a a few verses, we'll see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon these ordinary men and women. But Luke is wanting us to see once again that everything Jesus did was through the Holy Spirit. In fact, perhaps the best title for the book of Acts would be the Acts of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in ordinary men and women. But that's a bit wordy. So we'll just stick with the book of Acts. But Luke is wanting to show us right from the very beginning of this beautiful vision of what it means to be a church, a Jesus community, that it is through the Holy Spirit. And the reason that we can do the same works that Jesus did is because everything Jesus did, He did through the Holy Spirit. You see, if Jesus is the focus of the book, the Holy, if he's the main character, The Holy Spirit is the director. He's that one that is off camera, out of you, but is directing the action of the story. And I believe that God wants us to live lives as Jesus did through the Holy Spirit. When you live a life through the Holy Spirit, you live life to the full, This is important for us to understand because next week we're going to look at the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And sometimes when we think about being led by the Spirit or living in the Spirit, we can think that the Holy Spirit's going to make us weird. He's going to make us like some late night TV preacher in a white suit or a lady with pink hair or something like that. But I want you to know the picture, the model of what it looks like to live in the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit is the life of Jesus. The Jesus life that we long to live is a life in and through the Holy Spirit. And that's wonderful news because although Jesus is no longer with us in the flesh the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power of the Holy Spirit can live in us. And so number one, uh, the story's all about Jesus. Number two, the story's directed by the Holy Spirit. Number three, I want you to see this today. And Luke, I believe, wants us to see this, that the story is true. Look at what the scripture says as we continue reading in verse two, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering, listen to this, by many infallible proofs. Many infallible proofs. Luke, as he opens up this second volume, the story of the church to follow the story of Jesus. He's wanting to bring our attention to the fact that this is not just a made up story, but there it is based on infallible proof. It is a true story. You know, oftentimes when it comes to following Jesus, we understand that we can never follow him in our own power, that it is by faith. But the danger is that we can begin to think that faith is just in faith. But Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is saying it's not just faith on faith, faith in faith. Sometimes we just tell people, well, you've just got to believe. I I want you to recognize that, yes, all of our life is by faith, but it's not faith in faith. It's faith in fact. And uh, Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, says there was many infallible proofs many infallible proofs. I I believe God wants us to understand that the greatest fact in all of history is not just something that we understand just by faith alone. Of course, we receive it by faith, but it is based on fact, historical fact, that Jesus is alive As sure as I'm standing here today, Jesus is alive and it's based on many infallible proofs. Scientists tell us that it is through the practice of textual criticism that we can recognize that the Bible is in fact true. And even those who wouldn't prescribe to faith in Jesus recognize that the Bible is, in fact, the most accurate book from ancient history. It's the number one most reliable book in ancient history with over 5,000 ancient manuscripts. Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as he begins to tell this story, he says, I've seen it with my own eyes. You see, God in his sovereignty chose Luke who was a doctor, to write Luke and Acts. Luke wasn't a preacher. Luke wasn't an apostle. Luke was a doctor, Dr. Luke. Why? Because if there's one thing that doctors do, they keep records. And God wanted us to understand that The story of Jesus, the story of what he is continuing to do is not based just on a fairy tale. It's based on factual evidence. Luke, obviously living 2000 years ago, Dr. Luke medicine was different than it is today. But history tells us that the foundations of the modern medicine we have today was already in place. In fact, Hippocrates, who wrote the Hippocratic oath that guides our medical practice today live 500 years before Luke. And so Luke was a man of science. He was a man of reason. Oftentimes we think that in order to enter into faith, we've got to check our brain at the door. But I want you to understand that this is the greatest reality in all of life, that Jesus is alive. It is true. I believe that's important because in the world we live in today, God knew that in 2020, there'd be a moment where we would say, I don't even know what is true. So I'm talking to people about current events and challenges and everything unfolding in our world today. So many people say, I don't even know what to believe anymore. But I want to tell you that the word of God is true, not just because it's based on faith alone, but because it's based on infallible proofs. Uh, eyewitness accounts that Jesus is, in fact, alive. The story is true. That's why the New Testament calls the church the pillar of truth. We are living in a world that would love to replace uh, or would love to pit faith in and reason against one another. But I wanna tell you today, and Luke wants us to see that the story of Jesus, the story of what he's doing today is based on infallible proof. The story is true. Jesus is alive. The last thing I want us to see as we continue in this introduction to the book of Acts, is not only is the story all about Jesus and directed by the Holy Spirit, and not only is the story true, but the story is good news. Look with me as we continue to read verse three, it says that being seen by them for 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus's teaching and message to his disciples as he was preparing to leave was all about the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus' message throughout his lifetime was that the kingdom of God was at hand. It it wasn't just believe in, in me so you can go to heaven after you die, as important as that is and as good news as that is. It wasn't just that we can have our sins forgiven. Of course, that is essential and that is part of it, but it's actually much greater than that. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 4, 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The good news of the gospel is not just that one glad morning when this life is over, we'll fly away. Although that is good news and our blessed hope. But the good news for today is that in the moment we're in through uh, by Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God has come among us. The kingdom of God has come near to you, the Bible says. What is the kingdom of God? This is the message that Jesus preached. And I want you to see this. Luke wants us to see this. The beginning of Luke, what was Jesus teaching? He wasn't teaching religion. He was teaching the kingdom of God. In fact, the very last verse of the book of Acts that we'll get to at some point in the future is recording Paul imprisoned in Rome and he's teaching the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God, simply put, is life with God in charge. Now, when you live life with God in charge, life works the way God intended It's kind of like a restaurant that maybe you see advertised sometimes under new management. What does that mean? Someone else is now in charge. And the kingdom of God is life with God in charge. You see, the world will tell us this. If you want life to the full, you've got to make it all about you. You've got to be in control of everything. But the good news of Jesus is that it's not through you being in control, but releasing control to Jesus that you enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus here was teaching the kingdom of God. This was his message. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yes, we have the blessed hope of life with God for eternity, but we also have the hope of life with God here and now. But it's all preceded by the word that Jesus records in Matthew four seventeen: repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You see, in order to enter the kingdom of God, we must first repent. What does that word mean? Oftentimes we think it's just some kind of guilt trip that we feel bad about something, but it's actually something far greater than that. To repent means to have a turn around, a change of direction that results in a change of life, a change of mind that changes our perspective, that changes how we live. That is repentance, repentance. And even as Jesus came and the birth of the church was considered weird by many at the time because the kingdom of God, as it has been called an upside-down kingdom, or I would say, perhaps better put, it's a right-side-up kingdom in an upside-down world. The world will tell you, you be in control if you want life to go well. God tells you, submit to Jesus if you want life to go well. That's what the Bible calls foolishness to the world that is perishing. Why? Because we are living in a right side up kingdom in an upside down world. We're going to see the story of the church. It looks very weird and very contrasted to the the kingdom of men in the Roman empire, but it's because it's a right side up kingdom in an upside down world. I heard a story a number of years ago of a pilot that was practicing um, exercises, uh, an Air Force pilot practicing flying exercises on the edge of Joshua National Park. And as he was flying, the, the instruments on his jet began to alert him of a dangerous loss of altitude. And as he began to get the, the notices that his, his jet seemed to be moving closer and closer to the floor of the desert he began to pull up pull up pull up and the harder he pulled the further his jet hurled towards the ground ultimately colliding with the floor of the desert you see the problem was he was flying upside down and lost his bearings and many of us today and many of us across the world there are warning lights going off in our world Perhaps you have warning lights in your own heart of anxiety. Just open the news and there's warning lights going off. Pull up, pull up. You're you're flying dangerously close to death. And it seems the more we pull up, the faster we're hurling towards the floor of the desert. I want to tell you today, it's because we need to repent. We need to have a turnaround of mind that results in a turnaround of, of direction in order to live the life that God is offering to us, life in the kingdom of God. I want to ask you if you would, wherever you're at, just to bow your heads for a moment to pray with me. And I know that perhaps there's some of you today that as you're hearing that message, maybe there's warning lights that have been going off, maybe through anxiety, through fear, maybe it's warning lights in, in your marriage, danger, danger. And it feels that the more you pull up, trying to avoid the danger, the worse life gets. I wanna encourage you today, Jesus is offering life and life to the full, life in the kingdom of God, life where you are surrendering control of your life to Him. And if you know that you have not done that today, I wanna give you an opportunity right now. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I believe the Holy Spirit is moving even now in your heart. And so if that's you today, you know that you need to have a a turn around in order to enter into the life that God is calling you to. I want to ask you and invite you to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray this prayer? Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I yield control to you today. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to enter into your kingdom. Fill me with your spirit today. Help me to follow you in Jesus' name. While your heads are still bowed, perhaps there's some of you that maybe like Theophilus, you have been living life to write your own story. Maybe you've been living just to build your own career, build your own family, build your own portfolio. And certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe that God is inviting us, even as we start the book of Acts, He's inviting us into his story and so I want to pray for you right now God I pray that every person that's hearing this message today Lord that we would once again surrender control of our lives to you God I pray that we would be people not that just read the story but that we would enter into the story God that we would live the Jesus life together that we would be history makers as we follow you Lord I thank you for it today in Jesus name amen and amen. Before we go, let me just encourage you every week. We'd love for you to join us as we continue through the book of Acts. I believe God's going to speak to us. Also, don't forget this Friday night, we're going to have a night of worship. It's going to be a phenomenal time together at Easton Market. And also, if you made that decision just a moment ago to give your life to Jesus, we want to do everything we can to help you to experience life to the full. So all you have to do is go to our website at ocparkdistrict.com, click on the connection card there, get your information. We'll follow up with you very soon. So thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.